Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We would be kidding ourselves if we said that that doesn't affect our physical well-being. When you get in a fight, you know, your emotions are heightened, your body gets a little like on edge. That's fucking real. You're addicted to sugar and you don't even know. I'm not saying you guys specifically. I'm just saying like us. We're addicted to sugar. Hello, hello friends. Welcome back to Acting My Age. Hi, happy Wednesday. So glad to be here with you guys another Wednesday. Wow. Um, time is really flying by. I don't know about you guys, but it's, you know, May. I blinked and it's May and then I just know I'm going to blink and it'll be end of July and then summer will be over and I just don't know when this started happening. That time is just like, am I getting old? What's going on? I don't know. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about health. Very broad topic and definitely will only be able to scratch the surface of my thoughts on the topic, but um, I posted a little while ago on my podcast Instagram asking you guys topics that you wanted me to talk about and health was one of them, Um, just as a broad term, health and wellness. So yeah, let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. I'm really kind of um, flummoxed, (laughs) literally don't know the last time I said that word, flummoxed, about what exactly to talk about because there's just so much but we'll see how it goes and you guys sent in some questions so we're just gonna chat and of course I am no expert I'm not a doctor I'm not a health expert I'm just a gal I'm just heen and um I am a gal who is very invested in my health and very interested in health in all of its aspects not just what you eat but who you surround yourself with um your daily practices all of these things and I'm also in IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is a holistic health coaching program. So um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. Let's freaking chat. Let's get into it. Thanks for being here. Okay, so gosh, so many things to, to approach here, but I guess I should start with my brief health history. Um, so I was very lucky to grow up in a house that prioritized health. Our diets were great, um, which I'm so, 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 so thankful for. So thankful for my mom for that because when I was in middle school and I wasn't allowed to have fruit by the foot or Hawaiian punch or get fast food or whatever, um, these things just weren't in our house. Like we didn't have all these sugary snacks, didn't have gogurt and all these. And I was pissed. I was so pissed. And in middle school and elementary school, I'm like, why don't you let me have what everyone else has? Like, why are you trying to ruin my social life? I don't understand. 
God, mom, you're the worst. Like, why are we so weird? Why do we have like Annie's organic mac and cheese? Why can't we just have craft like everyone else? <laughs> I was so, I remember it literally was such a point of contention because I just was like, oh, I just want to feel like everyone else. Our snacks are so weird. <laughs> but now I'm like, God bless. Literally, thank you, mom. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because uh, <laughs> all of that stuff is so bad for you. And I'm so, so, so glad that I didn't grow up eating that regularly. Of course, I would when I'd go to my friend's house for sleepovers or on the rare occasion, whenever my mom and I went to Target, which was rare every like three months or so, because we'd have to take a ferry and drive like an hour to go to Target. It was a big, big occasion. We would get Pizza Hut pizza and like some Hawaiian punch, just kind of a every now and then type of treat experience but overall I had home-cooked meals every single night that were very healthy Um, my mom mostly cooked kind of Indian flavors or um, Mediterranean flavors and everything was yeah home-cooked made with love and I think that's very special and just I'm just so 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 grateful for that um, Sage grew up the same way, even even more healthy than us because they grew up on a farm. So they grew their own vegetables, um, got their own goat's milk from their goats, got their own eggs from their chickens. Um, they used to, I think, raise um, livestock too, so they'd have their meat from there. So very, 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 he had the ultimate healthy upbringing and it fucking shows, you guys. He, so this is a topic I'll talk about more in a second, I guess, but breastfeeding is a big part of uh basically inoculating our bodies to have the right bacteria and different things. Well, actually I just learned about this is if you have a vaginal birth, it's the primo first introduction to all of these bacteria and things that you need pretty much. It just sets you off on the right foot basically because you experience, you're exposed to a bunch of bacteria when you're coming out of the birth canal that you will never experience elsewhere. And there's a huge link in c-sections and um like food sensitivities lower immune systems different like susceptibilities to things if you had a c-section instead of a regular vaginal birth so i think that's very interesting as well as breastfeeding if you're not breastfed which i wasn't because my mom had a major heart surgery immediately after i was born and she actually flatlined i think i've talked about that but she had to have emergency heart surgery and the heart surgery was such a shock on her body that she stopped she never produced milk so i wasn't breastfed i know she really wanted to um of course nothing against her whatsoever she did her very very best and um so yeah i wasn't breastfed kath and i were just talking about this she wasn't either and we both have like really sensitive digestive systems and Sage was breastfed until he was like five, you guys, <laughs> like literally so long. His mom, his, his little brother and him are like quite spread apart. And I'm pretty sure he was still breast. She was, she was still breastfeeding him by the time Sawyer was born. And they're, they're like, what, six years apart. I don't know. But he was breastfed for a long time, which is actually fucking awesome. Like I used to make fun of him for it, but now I'm like, that's literally so lit. He is, he has such a good immune system. He never gets sick ever, 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 ever. He doesn't have any sensitive tummy issues. He never has a stomach ache. He can eat whatever and his stomach's fine. Like he's just, 
really got a good baseline. And also growing up on the farm, you know, being around dirt, being around animals, being around all these bacteria that is really important. It's so important when you're little to be around a bunch of different germs and dirt and bacteria and foods and all these things you can build up the immunity for it. Because if you're not exposed when you're little, you're going to be sensitive to literally everything when you grow up, which is what we're experiencing now so much because everything's so sterilized and we're so removed from nature. It's just so fucking interesting. Like all of this, I don't know if this is interesting to you guys, but it just it just blows my mind. Like the farther you zoom back and, and just see like what is really causing all of these problems that are literally a plague in the in the US and also in other modern societies, it's just so interesting. The more it's oh god, I'm not this episode's gonna be all over the place. There's so many thoughts, but like the more advanced we get in society, there's all these humongous benefits like there's amazing technologies that save lives and people are more they can facetime their relative that lives across the country just on their computers and you know self-driving cars and going to space and all these cool things but then also the farther and farther we're moving away from nature and how we're biologically evolved to be the more sick we're getting because we're not we're like it's just so fucking interesting ah so anyway um I grew up, yeah, eating really well. I wasn't breastfed and I have a lot of food sensitivities, which have actually helped gotten a lot better this last couple years. Um, when we first moved back to Seattle, I probably, I remember vlogging about this. I'm pretty sure some of you guys probably know about this, but I went to a naturopath in, um, Seattle because my periods, my periods have always been kind of funky. Um, I've always had really long periods, seven days long, always really heavy. Like this is maybe graphic, but really dark blood, like clots, which is a sign that it's not functioning quite properly, um, which I just learned also recently. So I've always had some funky hormonal issues with my period and also my acne. Like I always knew something was a little funky with my hormones. So I went to this naturopath who was very sweet. Um, and she prescribed me a bunch of supplements and I, I'm like a little, I have mixed emotions about it because I was prescribed so many supplements that the supplements would hurt the shit out of my stomach. Like I could not properly digest or just absorb that many supplements at once. So it actually became kind of counterproductive because I'd be extremely bloated and uncomfortable because I was just taking so many freaking supplements all the time. And also I couldn't even like live normally because I had to take handfuls of supplements three times a day and I didn't even have anything super severe. So it was just, I mean, I know she was doing her best with what she knew and I'm appreciative that she wanted to help me and, but it didn't really, it didn't really work. (laughs) I didn't, it didn't really change my period. I was still like either missing a period or my periods would be like 40 days apart or sometimes it'd take two months and then I get a period or I don't know just all over the place I could never predict when it was going to happen or sometimes I'd PMS for like weeks and weeks which sucked (laughs) but anyway that was kind of my first introduction into like taking my health in my own hands in a little in a little bit um in one way I guess (laughs) um and yeah, that was just the first step. And then I think really though, the thing now guys, like I'm the healthiest I've been. Like my stomach issues have gone away. I can eat dairy again. I will have goat cheese or 
cheese cheese or whatever and I won't get a stomach ache. If we're out and I eat dessert, I won't get a stomach ache. I can have butter. Like I've kind of gotten back to a bit of a homeostasis because when I was vegan, I should have probably led with that. When we lived in New York, I was vegan for a full year, like cold turkey, never cheated once vegan, cheated, quote, quote. Um, and I got really fucking unhealthy, like literally so unhealthy. I could not work out. I was lightheaded all the time. When I got my periods, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I was so, so weak. I had an extreme iron deficiency. Um, it was not good. <laughs> not everyone can be vegan with their lifestyle. Like to be really, really healthy and be fully plant-based, you really have to emphasize your meals. You have to make sure you're getting enough nutrients. And not to mention that everyone is bio-individual. I've learned a lot about that in my class. Everyone's bio-individual. What works for me might not work for you. What works for your cousin might not work for you. You know, we're all different and there's a lot of factors that go into that. So like not everyone can be vegan. Not everyone can be a carnivore. Not everyone can be all this and this, like just putting labels of saying you should be this, you should eat this way, don't eat this, don't eat this. I'm just not really about that anymore. I don't like the labels, if you guys can't tell. You are a bio-individual and your health needs are going to be different than, you know, everyone else. Like we're all, we're all on our unique path, man. So basically, I've just kind of healed myself in a lot of ways and I didn't really do it that intentionally, except that my health has been one of my main focuses in my life in the last year since we moved to this house for sure because last year I started going to the farmer's market regularly I started really getting into cooking quarantine got me into cooking and now I'm in my nutrition class and just learning how <laughs> extremely important fruits and vegetables and um, whole grains are for us and how important food is and how food is literally it's either medicine or it's poison so yeah, I'm very passionate about it now and I feel better than I ever have, like least stomach problems, most energy, my periods are normal, um, my acne's gone away, I'm, you know, just doing a lot better and I would say that's because I eat a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruits. We eat a lot of veggies and also I am, as you guys know, because I won't shut up about it, very dedicated to my self-care practice, which includes meditating, journaling, letting out any pent-up emotions on paper, um, writing, doing things that make me happy, prioritizing time with friends, all of that. So yeah, things are pretty good. Things are pretty good, but there's always room for improvement. Always, always room for improvement. I went to a Chinese medicine doctor um, slash acupuncturist recently, uh, which was so fascinating. I'd never been before. My mom used to work at an acupuncture clinic, so I've always heard about it growing up. But um, that was my first time going. He was very, very sweet, very knowledgeable. And they just, they just assess you based off your pulse. All they do is read your pulse and they can tell everything that's wrong with you. Everything that's working well, everything that's not so fascinating. This is like old, 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 ancient, ancient form of medicine. And I absolutely trust it completely. Um, so yeah, he basically said pretty interesting because at the beginning he asked you a bunch of questions. How's your energy? How's your diet? How's your sleep? How's your motivation? How's this? How's this? I'm like, oh, good, good, good. Because in my eyes, I think I'm doing pretty good. Then he raised my pulse and he's like, hmm, is your period blood dark red? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you ever have clotting? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. He's like, okay, we're going to work on that. Period blood should be bright red, fresh. It should only last, you know, three or four days. It should be light. shouldn't be a big deal shouldn't be heavy, shouldn't be too, um, you know, painful or anything. Should just be 
nice and easy. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and he was talking about how my sleep, I because I sleep a lot, but he said that the quality of sleep it could be better. So I'm not, although I'm sleeping for a long time, I'm not getting like as good a quality. So I'm not as rested when I wake up as I should be. Um, and then what else did he say? He said, I was also for acne. He was talking about my hormones. I had too much heat in my head and which is why I have bad circulation. My fingers and my toes get really cold. Um, so he knew about that. Like all these things I didn't remember because it's not like I think about my fingers being cold just on the day to day. I'm just so used to it, but he just, you know, noticed all these things. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Actually. Yep. 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 So he did an acupuncture treatment on me, which I really wanted to enjoy because I think it's so sick. Like they put the needles in you and then I had the moksha, I think it's called. It's um, mugwort burning on my, like over my uterus basically. Um, and I laid in there for like 40 minutes, I think. But I was, I could not relax. I was quite anxious because a couple of the needle points actually kind of hurt. Um, which I thought was very interesting, which ones I couldn't feel most of them, but a few of them were, were really spicy and I just couldn't relax. So that kind of sucked. So then I was basically just laying there for 40 minutes, like looking at the ceiling, trying to do deep breathing and just settle into it. But yeah, I really wanted to enjoy it. So I'll have to give it another try. But, um, he also gave me some Chinese medicine herbs, some Chinese herbs. He made up a special blend just for me with a bunch of different herbs and told me to drink it, um, twice a day. And I did. And my period, as he said, he's like, your next period is going to be, um, it's going to be like really heavy the first day and it's going to be all fresh red, bright red blood. And it's going to go, it's going to taper off quickly. The second day it'll be lighter and it'll go away in a few days. And I was like, damn, okay. And he's like, your energy is going to be better. You're going to be sleeping better, feeling more well rested when you wake up and all these things. And that happened. All of that happened from taking the herbs. My next period was exactly as he said, which is just so fascinating. Ah, it's just so interesting. Um, anyway, I don't really know why I told all that story, but I don't know. I guess just to say that, as you guys know, I'm very keen to explore things and am very open to um, Eastern practices. Obviously, meditation um, is a big one, but also Eastern medicine, because in my eyes, this shit's not new. We've been we've been floating around this planet for quite a while. Western medicine is a baby. It's a, it's a new thing, new on the horizon, and of course, it has its place and it's a, it's a gift. But there's also, I think, a lot of things that now, because we're so used to our Eastern or Western medicine, we forget about a lot of the wisdom that West, oh, fucking A, I keep messing it up. We forget about a lot of the wisdom that Eastern medicine can offer us because it's been around for so long. And my belief is that plants, nature, you know, love, <laughs> genuine conversation, having, surrounding yourself with good people, taking care of yourself, all these things are extremely beneficial for your health. Um, so that leads me into my IIN journey, which I've learned literally so much. And I've had a lot of people ask me like how my experience is. I absolutely love it. Um, it is very spiritually oriented and it's very like, if you're someone who's, for instance, I know someone who their mom is a doctor and they are very, 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 um, in the belief that Western medicine is, you know, the only route to go. That's the only way. Um, and that's all they've ever known. So of course I understand, 
But if they were to try this course, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? This is not scientific. This is not this. Like, what the hell? It's very spiritually oriented and it's very Eastern medicine focused. It's, it's, um, it's holistic. It's holistic medicine. So let me see if there's this little diagram. Yeah. So it says Western biochemistry and physiology, um, Eastern holistic balance and function genes, environment, and lifestyle is the other third portion. And all of it mixed together is functional medicine, which is kind of the route that, um, IIN follows. And also the route that I, well, to be honest, actually, no, I'm much more, I, of course, functional medicine, but I'm much more on the Eastern medicine vibe. I have never been to a hospital. Like I've never been sick, of course. So that makes it easier for me to, um, you know, think this way everyone has their own experiences. And like they always say, you know, if you have a gunshot wound or you broke your wrist or any of these things, you're not going to want to go meditate and like rub some herbs on top of it. You're going to want to go to the hospital and get it fixed. Like, of course it has its place, but I believe Eastern medicine also has its place. So, um, I've learned so, 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 so much. And the main thing I think my takeaway is that we have so much more power over our health and well-being than we think we do. And this kind of goes back to my like self-sovereignty topic from a couple weeks ago. Like don't hand over your health away to anyone. Build a team, you know, don't just take one person's opinion. Get a, if you have an illness, you know, have the specialist at the hospital and then also maybe try going to Reiki and try going to acupuncture and then go to a naturopath and go to, um, you know, a a shaman and like, I don't know, just bring in a bunch of people. There is no reason why you just have to go with one person, build a health team that really works for you. And that resonates with you. Most importantly, it should feel right in your gut. You should have some trust in them. They should be encouraging. They should be giving you hope. Always, always, always. That's something that Bailey really emphasized in her episode is like a doctor should give you hope because leads me back to the placebo effect. Joe Dispenza. You guys should definitely look into him if you haven't already, if you're curious. Um, If the doctor, if you can tell the doctor doesn't have any hope for your case, you're not going to have any hope. Like you have to have hope for it to work, you know? bookmarked from my notes from IIN. There's so much good stuff in here. So one of the quotes that I liked was, we are, we are a society that wants a pill for every ill. This is interesting. The origin of the word health is hail, wholeness, being whole, sound, or well. Another thing, Western medicine is the body is as a machine, Eastern medicine, the body as a garden. So I think that's pretty interesting. I guess I don't know, again, too, too much about this, but I know Western medicine originally, the founder of Western medicine is Hippocrates, and he kind of saw the body as a machine. Um, So, you know, if there's something wrong, it must be something breaking in the body that needs, you know, a cover up or a fix or a repair rather than going to Eastern medicine sees the um, body as a tree. And you go, if there's something wrong with the leaves, you don't you know, rip off the leaf, you go down into the roots and find the root causes. So that really resonates with me, obviously to each their own. But, um, I think, I just think they're so with everything in life, my eyes are just being opened. Oh, it's just 
so, so wide these days. And I feel like there's so much more than meets the eye to everything. Nothing is black and white, you know? There's so much more than meets, meets the eye. Like, okay, sorry. I just need to keep reading this. Um, I'm just going to talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, interesting tidbit. 70% of your, your immune system is in your digestive system. That's crazy. There are 10 times more bacteria in your gut than there are cells in your body. That's why they call it the second brain. There's so much going on in your gut. Um, I just started the, uh, module on gut health. So pretty freaking interesting. Um, yeah, gut health contributes to so, so many things that we see right now. Um, so many chronic conditions, so many autoimmune conditions. There's just so much that we don't know what the cause is. So gut is a big, gut can be a big factor to that, I think. Um, let's see. This is one of my favorite or just eye-opening quotes. It's by Wendell Berry. People are fed by the food industry that pays no attention to health and then are treated by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. And I don't want to like, I'm not trying to sound cynical at all because I am completely the opposite. I am empowered and I am hopeful because once you see these things, you can make conscious choices to, you know, live a better, more healthful way for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for your loved ones. So I think it does sound kind of, I mean, fucking depressing. And I've definitely been going through just realizing that we're just really unhealthy. We're kind of a sick, a sick nation overall. And that sucks. But then it's also, you know, beautiful because there is this opportunity to take power back for yourself, sovereignty back. And that includes your health too. Take the power back and prioritize your health with what feels right and go back to the freaking basics. Go back to the freaking basics, guys. Oh my goodness. But I mean, it's true. I have never had a good experience at the doctor. I'm just going to say it. Every time I've gone for something, they just want to prescribe me something and I don't want to take it. That's just my, I want to go to the root cause. And I never knew why like my instinct would just say no like I don't want to take these antibiotics like I'm not I don't need antibiotics I don't want to take these or I don't want to take this really strong birth control or I don't want to whatever it is um my instinct would just tell me not to so I wouldn't but I never really understood why I felt kind of icky about it but now I just I would rather get to the root cause and food is the root cause for so many things right now so this is from lecture from David Katz. He's a doctor and he told us to look up obesity data for your state. So Washington, um, 1985, there was no data. 1995, 10 to 14%. 2010, 25 to 29%. And just, um, it just shows this data wise where there's more obesity, obesity, there's more cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. And then, his studies show one in three Americans will be diabetic by 2050, which means 100 million diabetics, 100 million. This is a preventable thing. Diabetes is not normal, you know, like maybe, or maybe it's common, but it's not normal. Um, which is just so it's so nuts. And there's a lot of things that contribute to that, but one in three Americans will be diabetic. It just makes me think of Wally. Like, just so, 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 so crazy. And again, if you guys have diabetes, I'm not trying to throw shade at you or shame you whatsoever. I just hope from this 
talk, if anything, that you just feel empowered to look at your health in a different light. Um, and realize that it can be really fun and food can be so, so, so delicious and it can literally be medicine. So I'm really not trying to make anyone feel bad ever, ever, ever. I'm just passionate about this. So if it comes off a little like, I don't know, I'm not trying to like make anyone feel bad or lecture at anyone. I'm just passionate about it and I have a lot of notes in front of me. So, um, okay. So one thing that I really like about IIN is that they talk about primary food and secondary food. And they say that what's on the plate, what the food you eat is actually secondary food. Primary food is everything else off the plate. And that is just as important, if not more than what you're eating, because, you know, no amount of kale can, um, reduce a toxic relationship or a career that you hate, or, um, the fact that you're not exercising or prioritizing, you know, movement, like you can't eat your way out of stresses in your life, you know? So I really like that they prioritize that and they, um, primary food is your lifestyle basically, which is relationships, physical activity, career, spirituality, um, and finances. There's a whole, there's a whole wheel of all these things, but the main things are relationships, career, spirituality, and physical activity. Um, and I think we would just like, if you just think about it, your relationships, if you have a significant other and if you guys fight, there's, we would be kidding ourselves if we said that that doesn't affect our physical well-being. When you get in a fight, you know, your emotions are heightened, your body gets a little like on edge. Maybe you get, your leg starts shaking or you start sweating or you get the chills or, you know, you don't get your, at least for me, when I'm anxious, I'm not hungry anymore. I completely lose appetite if I'm, I'm sometimes I get nauseous I get tension headaches like our emotions and our feelings directly affect our body and how we feel so that is why it's so 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 vital to you know give the relationships in your life the importance I guess that they deserve like they are very very important it's not a trivial thing to um allow a toxic toxic allow a friend who makes you feel like shit to keep making you feel like shit you're like oh it doesn't really matter you know it's fine like I only see them a couple times a week whatever it's like no like that sends this all this negative energy in your body and literally makes your body feel a certain way maybe you tense up when they're around um you know maybe you you get nauseous or maybe you start sweating or whatever it is like relationships are so so important to your health and um, you guys deserve the best relationships, the people that treat you amazingly with respect and love and compassion, all these things. You guys know this. I say this every fucking episode, but they're very, it's a very, 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 very huge part of your health. So this is just some notes I have on bio-individuality, which just means every person has unique needs. We're all completely individual beings. What works for you might not work for someone else. Um, no one diet or lifestyle works for two people. And that's the thing that's like so interesting about, I think maybe it's calmed down now. I'm not sure. But I just remember when I went vegan, it was like, so everyone was so excited and people are like, good job. Like you're doing your part, saving the planet. And then when I just said that I'm going to start eating pasture raised organic eggs again every once in a while people are like how dare you you're killing the planet and you don't care about animals and all these things it's like 
I do care about animals and I do care about the planet, but I also do care about my health. And I felt like shit eating the way I was. And that is not now in reflection. I know that's not just because I didn't eat eggs. It's because we ate so much processed food. Just because it's plant-based doesn't mean it's healthy. There is so many chemicals and so many processes that go into a lot of easy, like grab and go vegan food or frozen vegan food. Um, so it's really no, it's, it's actually worse. <laughs> like if you were to eat, um, you know, some organic, whatever, organic pasture raised, I don't know, chicken, salmon, whatever. Um, that's actually much, much better for your body than eating some processed plant-based frozen food, like literally so much better. But of course, there's so many other things that go into your diet and your diet choices. Obviously, um, religious factors. There's plenty of religions that don't eat meat. Maybe you love animals like me. I can't in good conscience eat an animal. That's just my upbringing. I was raised vegetarian. But I also don't have any judgment towards anyone else. That's the whole thing. Like there should be no judgment placed on anyone for how they choose to eat. Um, there should be no judgment placed on anyone ever. That's the whole goal, right? Once we all reach enlightenment, <laughs> we won't judge anyone ever. And we'll just be beings who just love and accept everyone as they are. <laughs> oh, I laugh cause it's like so fucking hard, but that's the goal. So basically health is very complex. <laughs> it's so complex. It's not black and white. There's so many layers to it. Also a few things, our diets are heavily, heavily influenced by what we had as a kid what we ate as a kid. Um, and so I think it's just, again, as we're becoming adults, a lot of us are similar age. I'm 23. As we're becoming adults, we're figuring out what habits work for us. You know, maybe we have our own apartment now and we cook for ourselves and we go grocery shopping. It's just a great time to become empowered and literally look around, just assess what you have in your, your fridge, assess what you have in your pantry. Um, you know, do you enjoy the things that you cook or make? Do you even cook? Do you eat out? What are you really putting in your body? Like, I would just encourage everyone to take some time whenever you have the time, maybe on the weekend or something. Um, get out a journal if you want or just put on some music and just go through all the food that you have. No judgment. There should be no judgment towards yourself. Again, you're doing the best you can at the time. But once you see what you have, you can become conscious of it. So you're not just eating whatever's around because that's what you grew up eating and you just don't think a second thought about it, you know? So just take an assessment. And this method that I really like that IIN encourages is the crowd out method because we don't ever want food to be restrictive. Food should be fun. Food is fucking so fun. I get so much joy out of food. <laughs> like when I'm eating a bomb ass meal, I literally do a happy dance in my seat. Like you cannot stop me from, I'm like, mm, 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 mm. I'm like dancing around. I love food. Food is so fun and it's so powerful and so impactful on your life. So basically, yeah, you, you don't restrict what you eat. You don't just go cold turkey. And you're like, I'm going to never eat ice cream again. And I'm only going to eat kale salads and I'm never going to eat out and all these, like that's so restrictive and it pretty much never works because that sucks. It's not fun. And you feel like you're punishing yourself, which then there's guilt behind it. And that's just not enjoy. That's not enjoyable. So what they recommend is to, you just crowd out things. You start adding in more, you know, beneficial, nutritious food. You start adding in more 
organic vegetables if you can. Start adding in more fruits. Um, start adding in whole grains. And then you just keep adding stuff in. And, you know, when the ice cream's gone from your freezer, it's just gone and you don't buy it again. You don't toss everything out all at once and go super, super ham because you're just going to feel like, wait, I don't know what to eat. And I feel like shit about myself. So I'm going to go order some Cheesecake Factory cheesecake on Uber Eats right now. You know, and that's just that's just us. We're human. We're human. We're human. So basically be kind to yourself about it. No judgment. And just try to add things in that are beneficial that make you feel good after you eat them. That's the thing. Our bodies tell us a lot of things, but we're just kind of used to ignoring them um, because there's so much else going on. But like after you eat a meal and if you feel bad, that's a good sign that you're eating something that's not really agreeing with your body. So just pay attention to those signals. Catherine Reed, bless her heart, my bestie girl. She is lactose intolerant as fuck and she knows she is. But she likes ice cream. So sometimes she'll eat a freaking pint of ice cream and then she'll be on the toilet all night. And then she's like, bitch, I did it again. And it's like, okay, as long as you know, you're aware, like, this is not really agreeing with me. So now she gets plant-based ice cream. Love that for her. Um, It's just becoming aware of these things. Like for me, I really wanted to be a beer girl because I think beer girls are so cool. Like if you're out, out, on the town, just having like a little Pacifico or Corona with lime. You just look so cool <laughs> to me. Like you look so casual. You're so hip. You can hang with the boys. Like you're just a chill, fun, nice girl. Like if I see a girl holding a Pacifico, I'm like, I think she's cool. I think she's fun. You know, also just a vibe in the summer or like if it's a hot day or after out working all day or something, it's a vibe. So I kept trying to drink beer. And I feel like shit after. And I would often throw up even though I would have like a beer and then like one cocktail and I'd throw up. I'm like, wait, what? Like I can, you know, I can usually hold my liquor pretty good. But I learned that I'm allergic to brewer's yeast, so I can't have beer. (laughs) Um, Anyway, just basically pay attention to the signals that your body's giving you. If you're bloated, that's a signal. If you have to go to the bathroom to take a shit every couple hours, that's a signal. If you're burping a lot, that's a signal. There's just so many signals that your body's sending you. Um, If you get rashes, that's a signal, you know, all these things. So just pay attention. Just become more conscious, more mindful of what you're putting in your body and how it actually makes you feel. Every time that Setson and Emma, you guys know them from the sex talk, every time they come over for dinner, I like whip it up because I'm like, okay, yes. Whenever I have people who grew up eating like a lot of meat come over, I'm always like, it's game time, bitches. Because <laughs> um, I want to, I remind me of the TikTok. It's game time, bitches. <laughs> um, sorry if that makes no sense if you don't have TikTok. But anyway, I always want to just throw a plant-based feast for everyone. So for, for anyone who eats meat. So I'm like, guys, this is delicious. You can get full on plant-based meals. Um, so anyway... Whenever I make them a big ass meal, like Stetson always says like, wow, that was delicious. I'm full, but I actually feel good. I feel really light. And I'm like, yeah, dude. So that's the thing. Like, do you feel light and energized after you eat or do you feel sluggish and like you need to go take a nap? And of course, again, this shouldn't be restrictive. So I am all for, you know, on the weekend, if I want to go out to dinner with Sage, we go to like a nice French restaurant. I'm going to eat half a baguette, if not the whole baguette with some butter, you know, if I'm called to do that, I'm going to get some chocolate lava cake if I'm called to do that. Like, I'm not restricting myself, 
but I'm also mindful of my food habits because when you do it all the time, it's a habit. I'm not eating chocolate lava cake every single night. I'm eating it as a treat and it feels good. And it's, it's, you know, it's enjoyable. It's adding, um, pleasure into my life. It's not subtracting, making me feel restricted. So that's super important because when you feel restricted, you don't feel good and we want you to feel good. (laughs) This is another little thing. I've already been talking for so long. Oh my gosh. But Something we learned about is the blue zones, and I would definitely recommend you guys look it up. It's so, so fascinating. Basically, I think it was funded by National Geographic, but these people went around and on the hunt to find the healthiest areas over in the world, on the globe. Best quality of life, longest living, healthiest populations around the world, and they found, I think, now nine, nine blue zones, and they just found what was the common thread between all of them, and... A big, big thread was that the uh, when you grew older, you still had a place in the community. It's very every single blue zone had was extremely community oriented. Like every person had a place and knew their place in the community, and they all served the community. So that's pretty interesting because that's how it used to be. We used to be tribal people. We used to have communities. We used to have tribes. We would serve the tribe, and we knew that we were serving the collective. But now, not so much. So that's pretty freaking interesting. Um, also the healthiest diet in terms of the blue zone results was Mediterranean diet. Um, they only ate, they ate seafood regularly. They had red wine regularly. Um, they ate a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits, a lot of whole grains, and they only ate red meat, uh, like twice a year on special occasions. Like they would have a town feast where they like roast a pig and, you know, have a steak or whatever, but it wouldn't be a regular thing. So I think that's very interesting. Also, a lot of olive oil in their diets Um, and also exercise. Very interesting. But um, the people of Rosetto, which is a town, had half the percentage of heart disease because no one was lonely. How beautiful is that? They had true community and they never felt alone in their problems. So that is the other aspect I really want to touch on in this episode is that loneliness and isolation are not what we're biologically inclined to do. Like we're not supposed to be isolated. That's not how we've evolved. Again, we've evolved in tribes. We've evolved with having a village to raise a child. And now we're very, very isolated, which again is like a blessing and a curse of technology in the modern age. But community and friendships and relationships are so, so important for our health. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I've personally learned or heard of a lot of old people (laughs) that live a really long time because they live either on the same property as their kids or, you know, they're all on a farm together or um, they all live in the same house or, I don't know, they're just around. Like, they're involved. They have a role. They feel like they're important and they still have a role to serve. And that obviously gives them a great will to live and like will to be healthy because they want to be involved in their grandkids life or they want to help out on the farm or they have their business. Um, there's, I don't know exactly the statistics, but there's statistics that people who continue to work, like they don't ever retire, live a lot longer because they still have a sense of purpose. We are so much more than just our genes and our biology, like our environment and our emotions and our feelings affect us so so much affect our health so 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 much um and like also just another thing that can't really explain this scientifically but 
like those stories of the couples who've been together their whole lives, like this, I hope this is HMI, <laughs> um, been together their whole lives. They've been married like, you know, 80 years. And when one, like the husband dies, the wife dies the next day or the wife dies two days later, you know, it's like just that will to live. That's a, con that's a choice. That's a feeling. It's like, okay, my husband, my partner, love of my life is now passed over. Like I want to go join him. Like, how do you explain that scientifically? You know, like our emotions are such a huge part in our life, our health. Oh, got off topic there. But I think I've talked about this before, but um, actually, let me read this article from Harvard. Um, so the fight or flight response, we've all heard of that. It's like if you're in the jungle and a tiger comes out on the path, you have to decide, your body decides really quickly, is this fight or flight? Do I freeze? Do I run? Do I fight? All those things. So basically, let me read this article from Harvard Medical School in 2011, updated 2020. Um, a stressful situation, whether something environmental, such as a looming work deadline, or physiological, such as persistent worry about losing a job, can trigger a cascade of stress hormones that produce well-orchestrated physiological changes. A stressful incident can make the heart pound and breath breathing quicken. Muscles tense and beads of sweat appear. This combination of reactions to stress is also known as the fight or flight response because it evolved as a survival mechanism, enabling people and other mammals to react quickly to life-threatening situations. The carefully orchestrated yet near instantaneous sequence of hormonal changes and physiological responses helps someone to fight the threat off or flee to safety. Unfortunately, the body can also overreact to stressors that are not life-threatening such as traffic jams, work pressure, family difficulties, relationship troubles. Over the years, researchers have sh learned not only how and why these reactions occur, but have also gained insight into the long-term effects chronic stress has on physical and psychological health. Over time, repeated activation of the stress response takes a toll on the body. Research suggests that chronic stress contributes to high blood pressure, promotes the formation of artery-clogging deposits, and causes brain changes that may contribute to anxiety, depression, and addiction. More pre preliminary research studies suggest that chronic stress may also contribute to obesity, both through direct mechanisms, causing people to eat more, or indirectly, decreasing sleep and exercise. So, once again, our emotions and our feelings and our environment contribute directly to our body's health. It is connected. We can't just float through life being stressed as fuck every single day and think that we're going to come out unscathed. Stress is very hard on the body. And of course, when you go to the doctor, they ask like what your stress level is. But then like, that's like where the conversation ends, I feel like in my, in my experience. Um, it's just for me, I guess the main qualm, and this is again, my experience is that there isn't a lot of actual relationship between a patient and a doctor. Like they don't really know you. You don't really know them. They don't know. Like if you just say, oh yeah, I'm fine. I sleep well, but then you don't actually sleep well. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just building a relationship so that there's the mutual trust and then just mutual like openness and sharing and wanting to actually get to know the person as a person, not just a patient. And again, there's so many things that contribute to that. Like if it's a busy hospital, obviously there isn't enough time or resources or money or doctors or any of that to get to know the patients. Again, if you're a doctor, you're a nursing student or you're a med student or you're a nurse, whatever, I applaud you. It is an incredible thing to dedicate your life to trying to help people become more healthier to save lives like that is fucking amazing and I think that's incredible and I'm so 
like proud of you for doing that. Not an easy thing to do. It's just overall, like, I'm like, how can we improve this? You know, like, what is the, what is the juice that's missing from this? Because we, I think I have this quote in here too. Let's see. We spend the most on healthcare by a long shot, but are one of the least healthies. We're in line with Serbia in terms of our health as a nation. So that's pretty interesting. (laughs) Why is that? Like we are so developed in so many ways, but yet we are so sick. We're so sick and we're so unhealthy. And that's because of the food, ladies and gentlemen, that's because of the food. Um, I think, yeah, sugar. Did you know sugar is eight times as addictive as cocaine? Just throwing that out there. That was one of the most interesting tidbits that's stuck with me that I learned in class. Eight times as addictive as cocaine. So that's fucking real. You're addicted to sugar and you don't even know. I'm not saying you guys specifically. I'm just saying like us. We're addicted to sugar. So many things have sugar in it. Kombucha. This kombucha. Kombucha. (laughs) Again, TikTok reference. This kombucha that I was hearing about on TikTok um, that's good to mix in cocktails. I was like, oh, sweet. I bought it without looking at the label and I tasted it. I'm like, this is so good. And then after I drank it an hour later, I had a headache and I'm like, what? And um, there is a little caffeine in it, but also I turn around 28 grams of sugar in the kombucha. That is so much sugar. Did you know there's an average of 21 teaspoons of sugar in soda? 21 teaspoons. Imagine putting 21 teaspoons, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. You get the point into a cup of coffee. Like no one would do that. That's so much fucking sugar, but you know, it's in soda. And so we're used to it. And again, like diet soda, no better sugar-free soda, depending on who makes it. Have you guys heard of Olipop? I just tried that the other day. It's really great ingredients. If you guys are trying to kick a soda habit, um, they have like traditional flavors. I tried it. I've never, again, I hadn't, didn't grow up drinking soda. Um, so I don't really crave that. And I, my dad and I tried all the flavors cause he really likes, um, root beer and like cream sodas, orange sodas. Cause he grew up drinking that. So I got him to try the Olipop. Um, and he really liked it. It actually has probiotics in the soda and it's sugar free. Um, like it's like just has natural sugars and it's very minimal. So that's really interesting. Really cool. Like God bless again. It's amazing that we have the technology to develop these healthy options, like truly healthy. So basically read the labels on things. That's another just little tidbit for you guys. Next time you're getting your groceries, I literally started doing this like in the last couple months, ever since I started IIN, every single thing I buy now, I flip over and look at the label because marketing is very, uh, I've stopped buying Oatly now. You guys know, you guys fucking know how much I love Oatly. If you watch my vlogs, you know, there is so much sugar in Oatly, so much sugar. And I was so sad because it's so good, but so good probably because there's so much sugar in it. So now I buy the Khalifa or Khalifia Farms oat milk because there's half the amount of sugar in it. And if I have a latte every single day that's packed with sugar, you know, that really contributes. So it's just, again, becoming more mindful of what we're putting in our bodies because it's so important. If there's anything in this whole podcast series, two seasons that I've ever that you would go home with just this is like the most important because I want you guys to live long, healthy, happy, fulfilled lives. I want that for you so bad. And I want that for me. And I want that for Sage. And I want that for our loved ones. And I want that for our kids. 
like our health is so fucking important <laughs> like it makes me want to cry because i just i just want to hug everyone and like there's it goes so deep too because it's like you have to feel that you're worthy first of all to deserve to be healthy and happy and that goes so so fucking deep so it's like if i could just give you guys hugs and like tell you that you're so worthy and so deserving of living a long healthy happy joyful life like I just wish I could do that with everyone you know oh and I'm deciding if when I'm done with this program if I do want to have health coaching clients I'm kind of deciding because I really I mean I would love if I could help anyone like I would literally love that so much but then I'm also I don't know I'm just deciding so who knows but it's very interesting and I'm really glad that I did this course um from um, Andrea Beeman. It takes patience and time and self-care to heal the body. Sickness takes time to develop and so does wellness. So again, it's like these things, eating healthy, you actually probably will notice a difference pretty quickly, but to heal, if you have chronic illnesses or, you know, I don't know, celiac disease or IBS or um, Lyme's disease or these things that are kind of like, if you listen to the episode of Bailey, like we don't really know exactly how to treat it. It's like, eh. but if you're trying to treat that with food, which has been done, 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 done so many times, um, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You got to be patient. And just again, health is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a lifelong journey as is everything. Um, she also had this quote, adapt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Um, she also another quote, you're vitally important to the healing of this planet. Your body is perfect. It was created by the universe. You are no less perfect than the butterfly. <sighs> so beautiful. Your body is perfect. It was created by the universe. You are no less perfect than the butterfly. And then she also had another quote that was hot fire. It is our divine right to live healthfully on this planet. There's so many tools, little, little bits of medicine hidden in the gardens and in the nature and in the vegetable fields. Like I'm of the, the belief that mother nature provides what we need. So of course, again, if I get stabbed or shot by a gun, I'm not going to go run out and hug a tree. I'm going to go to the fucking hospital because it has its place and it's a gift and it's technology. But do you guys agree that if you go out and spend time in nature, you feel really, really good afterwards? Like, these things again it's so so layered it's not black and white there's so much to it and i think it's really commendable to be on the committed to exploring it all you know be on the journey to see what feels right for you and pay attention to how good you feel or how not great you feel after doing certain things and okay also a hot tip if you guys want to incorporate more um local organic farm fresh veggies in your life but you can't maybe you can't afford going to farm, farmer's market or can't afford you know going to whole foods or something um doing a csa community supported agriculture is um a wonderful option it's much more affordable you can just type in csa near me and it'll uh, it'll have a website you can put in your zip code and it'll show you all the local places that do csas and you just sign up for boxes um and it's so much more affordable. And they basically, 
it's like a three month or four month subscription or you can do seasonal or whatever it is you can choose the amount of vegetables and fruits that you get and um every week they either deliver it to you depending on where you are or you go and pick it up i know in new york like you would go and pick it up at a farmer's market um and they just batch together what's what's um, in season what's ripe what's yeah, in season basically. So you just get a box of you can get eggs, you know, kale, Swiss chard, beets, strawberries, peaches, everything that's in season every week. And number one, it's much more affordable. Number two, you are supporting directly um, a local farmer, which is one of the most important jobs that we have. Local farmers, God bless them. Um, number, did I just say number two or number three? I can't remember. I think number three. Um, Number three, it gives you the opportunity to experiment with new vegetables and things that you haven't tried, which forces you to get more into cooking and look up new recipes and just expand your horizons with food. So I think that's super, super dope. Sage and I are going to do it. Um, they open up May, so we're going to sign up. And then eventually, of course, our goal is to grow all of our own fruits and veggies and we're getting chickens. Actually, Sage is working on our chicken coop right now. So we're getting chickens probably this weekend, which is so exciting. We're going to have our own chickens. And then when we have our real farm, we're going to have goats and cows and all these things. So, oh gosh, I wish I could find. Oh, there's a quote just that just randomly jumped out at me from Dan Butner, Butner. 20% of how long someone lived is based, lives is based on genes. 80% is based on lifestyle. That's interesting. I can't, I don't know where it is in my notes exactly, but there's a lot of studies again. So here's the thing where you get your food from is very, very important. Number one, the first step though, is to add some fruits and veggies in your diet. That's the number one thing. Number two, figure out if, if you can, number two, buy organic. Number three, if you can, if you can afford it, Get local, local, local produce. Know your farmer. That is the, the slogan that all of the lecturers, the doctors, the nutritionists, the experts, know your farmer if possible. Um, because when you know your farmer, you know their practices, you know that they're putting love and care into the food that they produce. Um, you know if, again, it's sprayed with pesticides, you know if they're rotating their crops, you know if they're monocropping, which has proven to not have... Um, it causes crops to not be nearly as um, nutrient dense because the soil is not as nutrient dense. So this is um, really interesting. It's like, what is it? Oh God, I don't have it in my notes. I can't find it. But um, there's these studies that show, if you guys are watching me, I'm doing things with my hands. <laughs> but uh, basically for eggs, so let's just use eggs and as, as an example. Regular eggs are like uh, at one place on a bar graph, this doesn't really work if you can't watch me, but then organic are like slightly, they're like above, above the, the regular eggs on the bar graph, but not by that much. But then pasture raised free range nutrients in the eggs is like, boom, like at the top of the graph, it's, it's like five times as nutrient dense as the regular eggs or the organic eggs, because Chickens can still be organic, but still be kept in cages where they're not outside. And when they're pasture raised, free range, where they can just run around and be happy chickens, they're eating grass, they're eating earthworms, they're eating bugs in the dirt, they're rolling around in the dirt, they're just in nature the way that it was supposed to be, you know, the way that it's always been until modern days. Um, 
they're happy. They're healthy. They have a lot going on in the food that they're eating. And the soil is dense with a bunch of different bacteria and nutrients. And so the eggs are power, power, power packed with nutrients. And you can tell in the color of the yolk. So the eggs that we buy are Vital Farms organic pasture raised free range eggs. And they are so good. They're brightest yolks ever. They are very like, cause we've gotten a lot of eggs from Sadie's mom or from our friends, Emma and Setson, who, you know, you guys know them. Um, they have their own chickens and the color of the yolks are very similar to, um, and the taste is very similar to Sage's mom's eggs and their eggs. So if you guys have those available, I know they have them at Whole Foods here and PCC. If you see those, those are great and they are expensive, but if you guys are like us, we eat eggs every single day. So to me, that's very much worth the investment and it's going to be even better to have our own chickens. So, um, yeah, that was a whole spiel, but if you're buying meat, if you're someone that eats meat, if, if possible, if you can afford it, free range, free range, free range, free range, free range, local meat, it is imperative. <laughs> if you're eating meat regularly, if you can do it, get free range, local meat. It's good for you, actually, if you eat it, you know, whatever works for you again, but it can have a lot of benefits. And if a, if a cow is happy, living a happy, happy life, being cared for out in a field, running around, eating lots of different things, number one, I mean, I believe that like the energy, how that cow lived, it's going to be in the meat. Maybe that's a little woo-woo, but like, you know, if I was trapped in a cage my whole life and then killed, I don't think I would taste very good. <laughs> um, being out, out and about living the happy cow life. Like I can just picture all these cute pie cows running around like that. It's just better. It's just better energy. And also literally nutritionally, it's much, much better. So if you guys can afford it, if it's available, if you're interested in it, just try to try to get close, close to the natural way of doing things as possible. Here's also another fun fact. I'm really, I'm really ranting. I'm sorry, guys. It's going to be a long episode. Again, very passionate about the topic. And again, I'm not an expert, just simply interested. Um, I can't eat yogurt usually. In the past, if I would eat like, I don't know, any kind of yogurt from new style yogurt, whatever, I would get a stomach ache. But I learned in my class that if you try, if you go to the traditionally cultured methods of dairy or yogurt, it often doesn't hurt people's stomachs that have sensitivities to dairy. So I got a local, I think it's Grace Harbor Farms, local honey, traditionally cultured yogurt, literally such a fucking like Whole Foods mom over here. That's actually from PCC, but, (laughs) um, and it didn't hurt my stomach. So that's incredible. Um, it's like for food, I think it's really, 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 I'm going to say really again, to go back to as traditional methods as possible, like go to the source when at all, when at all possible, um, get your CSA, you know, cook at home, get into cooking, get whole, your whole grains, your veggies, your fruits, your water, all that. Like, yeah, I have so much to say on it, but again, I don't want to make anyone feel bad because that is never, never, never my goal. I'm trying to empower you guys to live a healthy, happy life. So food is again huge part of that i've said that a million times oh some this is this this is the scary (sighs) okay so some doctors if you guys are interested in wanting to learn more about um more holistic health uh dr mark hyman incredible source 
Dr. Zach Bush, incredible source. Um, Dr. Joe Spenza, very, he's very spiritual, very woo woo, but so fucking interesting. Um, but yeah, Dr. Mark Hyman is a great person to start learning with if you guys are interested. Um, here's it. So this, this is the, the lecture that I was like, Oh my God, I came out like everything we know is a lie. We're all sick. We're all going to die. That's hopeless. Um, 70% of the U S are overweight. 40% of kids are overweight. 50% of public schools have fast food served in them. Also, <laughs> Uh, a lot of schools are use the same food and meat that is served in prisons. So that's interesting. We're feeding our kids the same things. It's like the last, the, the scraps basically. Again, I hope this is changing and I know a lot of people, um, I've heard a lot more about what foods are going into schools. So I hope this continues to change, but in impoverished communities um that don't have proper funding like they're not going to be spending money on organic produce you know and these are our kids this is the most important thing we could possibly be investing in makes you want to like throw up and cry at the same time like fuck so yeah um according to dr mark hyman one fourth of skinny people are metabolically obese so that's crazy um Oh, wow. 146 pounds of flour and 152 pounds of sugar per person per year in the USA. 152 pounds of sugar per year per person. Holy frack. Children consume 34 teaspoons of sugar a day on average in the US. Also, natural sugars, like if you eat a strawberry, is a whole lot different than eating a lollipop. Like I think we probably all know that, but like sugars and fruits, in my opinion, are a-okay. Super, super good. Some people, some diets don't include fruit, but I think fruit is amazing. Um, overweight and cocaine addicted brains look the same in a brain scan. Very interesting. Um, 60% increased risk of obesity in kids who have one can of soda a day. 80% risk of type 2 diabetes in women who have one soda a day. So again, I'm not qualified to talk about all this fully, but you become addicted to sugar and it literally changes the cells in your stomach and what they want. Again, I might not, I might be butchering this, but, but even if like someone is trying to lose weight and they can't figure out why, and they're like doing all the right things, they're exercising, you know, they're changing their diet. Like you change your biology kind of like you change your cells and it's going to take a while to like correct that you're going to still keep craving the sugar and you're not going to be able to lose weight as easily as someone else because you've changed your like biochemistry, I guess. So it's very interesting. Do Dr. Mark Hyman, again, go, go learn from him if you want to know more. Um, also we have way too many omega sixes in our diet now and we should have more omega threes, um, which I learned earth balance oil, or earth balance vegan butter that I used to always use is high in omega sixes and I'm better off just having local traditionally cultured real butter. It's actually better for me than eating earth balance. So we switched because earth balance has like so soy and canola oil, um, or safflower oil, sunflower oil. So it's like plant-based is not always actually better for your health. So you have to be careful about that. That's something that kind of blew my mind the things that I just assumed, I just assumed it was good for you, but it's actually kind of tricky. Um, actually the Miyoko's vegan butter is better 
ingredient wise than um, Earth Balance. And I think Earth Balance also makes an olive oil butter. So that would also be better. Um, okay. Well, I should stop reading on my notes. It's going to be a six hour long episode. Um, I know that was a lot and I hope I didn't, again, I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I hope I don't scare anyone. I'm just very passionate about it and I love you guys and I care about you. <laughs> um, I've been texting, like I literally will not shut about, shut up about all this stuff that I learned. Like I come into Sage's office. I'm like, did you know that cows and did you know that sugar is eight times as addictive as cocaine? And then I'm like texting Catherine, all these things and my mom. And it's just so interesting and like, yeah, so important. So I have, I'll just read a few of your guys' questions because I talked for so long. Um, you guys had really amazing questions about health and it really like made me emo and made me appreciate you guys so much because you're just so sweet. Hey Heaney, I've been loving the podcast. It's my favorite one to listen to. So my question for this week's pod are how do you learn to love your body? How do you eat a balanced diet? I eat way too much sugar. I've had an eating disorder for about two years now, and I've been recovering for the past year. I'd really love it if you could speak about how to love yourself. I also don't know how to allow myself to have some sugar, but not all the sugar in my house. I'm really bad at knowing when I'm full also. Okay, sorry for the long email. <laughs> love you so much. And to any heenies who are struggling with eating disorders or body dysmorphia, we can all get through this. Heart, much love. Oh, I love you. Um, so proud of you. You are fucking strong, girl. Um... Let's see. So there's a lot of questions in there. Um, how do you learn to love your body? Woo, that's a big one. That's a whole episode on it in itself. Um, it's a process. It's a process. And it is ultimately, I think, just having the grace and compassion and trying to release the judgment that you're putting on yourself. Like feeling like it's you placing this judgment that you are not good enough or you're not living up to whatever standard of society or you're not living up to your own standards or whatever. It's a judgment. And I, I'm learning, I'm practicing this too. It's re it's retraining your brain when you have negative self-talk to literally catch that thought, throw it out and replace it with a positive affirmation. And this is proven like epigenetics. Again, I don't have enough knowledge to fully talk about it, but we can retrain our brain, re rewire our brain. We're not stuck. We're not stuck with our thoughts. We're not stuck with our habits. We're not stuck with our behaviors. We can retrain our brain. So it's ultimately like you've been saying these negative things to yourself for how long, how many years, how many months, you know, um, that's a lot of days thinking the same thoughts. And that's like a deep groove in your brain is kind of how I picture it. So retraining your brain to think positive thoughts about yourself and your body, it's going to take a long time, but it's absolutely worth it and you can do it. So, um, I've heard from a lot of people that unfollowing people on Instagram or muting them who make you make negative self-talk or judgment or jealousy come up. That's a great way because, you know, social media is such a huge like contributor to our self-esteem issues to in today's day and age, myself included. So that's a great way to do it. I really think like on your mirrors, putting up post-it notes, I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, I'm whole, I'm worthy. All of those things I think is really beautiful. Um, repeating those to yourself in the morning, that's what I do. Um, and yeah, just surrounding yourself with people that uplift you and make you feel good and compliment you. Um, that's important too. But I don't have like a, an easy answer to how to love your body. But I think a, another great reminder is that 
your body does so much more than just how it looks. Like how it looks is the smallest little thing that your body really does. It does so many amazing things for you. And, you know, being in a healthy body or being in a body that gets you up in the morning and takes you to where you need to go and um, is able to hug and able to dance and able to laugh and, you know, drink water and all these things like that's such a gift and that's such a blessing and it's amazing. It's crazy how this works. Like I don't even think about, you know, walking or, or putting the hair behind my ear or like scrolling on my phone. Like I don't have to think about that. I just do it. Like our bodies just do these things and it's really cool. So I feel like if you can kind of look at your body from an outside perspective, like, damn, this is pretty cool that I can do these things. Um, like I'm pretty strong. Like I'm amazing. If, if, if at all possible, if you can retrain yourself to think of it like that, that can help. But ultimately just having grace for yourself, you know, like we go, we go through a lot. We go through a lot. There's a lot of stresses. There's a lot of things that can bring us down. And I think just having more grace overall, more grace for ourselves and for others is like the main thing. Um, but how to eat a balanced diet. I think I've touched on probably hopefully some things already but sugar again you said you eat way too much sugar sugar it's addictive so like it 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 makes sense that so much so many of us eat a lot of sugar because it's literally addictive and it's delicious um for me this again like some people are going to be like shut the fuck up bitch but for me um we just don't have sugary things in the house um we have like 100% dark chocolate and then if i want Again, this might make you guys annoyed, but if I want something sweet after dinner, which I often do, I either have frozen grapes, which are pretty delicious in my opinion, or frozen berries with oat milk as a little treat. And the summer I'll have popsicles or orange juice. Orange juice is very sugary. <laughs> um, but it's just like, again, it's crowding out the bad foods in quotes, the things that aren't as good for you and replacing them with things that are better. So if you can kind of over time, like get rid of whatever it is in your house, that's super sugary. Um, what you have in your house and what's in your direct environment is literally so important because that's what you reach for. That's what you reach for. So uh, bringing in healthier options, healthier alternatives. I do love a rice cake, cinnamon, cinnamon, um, rice cake with peanut butter jam and frozen berries. Jam has a lot of sugar in it. And if you can get like organic jam, um, like local jam, it's going to have a lot of sugar in it, but it's usually mostly natural sugars. And that's, there's not a lot of ingredients in there. So that's better for you than a lot of things. Honey. Also, if you need to have sugar, honey and maple syrup, as long as it's like good maple syrup, good quality maple syrup, good quality honey. Those are both actually not so bad for you. Like honey's pretty good for you. Actually, there's a lot of benefits to honey. So if you're cooking and you want to use sweeteners, if you can use, you know, um, honey or maple syrup, that's great. Um, but again, don't restrict yourself. Like I make, I make cakes and cookies and muffins sometimes. It's just, it's just, yeah. Retraining your brain and adding in more beneficial things. Um, but again, like we're not feeling restricted is the main thing. And not also not putting that guilt on yourself, which is again, easier said than done, <laughs> easier said than done. But my favorite phrase, we're just doing the best we can at any given time. So if you eat a bunch of sugar and you want to beat yourself up after, you know, you were just doing the best you could. And hopefully next time you can do a little bit better. 
and you can be more conscious of it. But just putting that shame and guilt on yourself really doesn't do anything. It's not productive. You just feel bad. So if you can just shift food from being like restrictive or too much or too little or to an experience that's really joyful and fun and something that you enjoy doing that can, you know, change the game, like creating a little routine for yourself when you go to cook a meal, turn on your favorite music, you know, get a glass of wine or get a LaCroix or get a whatever it is that you like to drink, orange juice and like blast some music and pick out a fun new recipe, like go on Pinterest, browse some recipes, go to the store, get the ingredients and like have a little cooking night. If any of your friends like to cook or get are getting into cooking, um, I used to love to do that with my friends in college. We would just, you know, experiment and cook together and it was so fun and you can talk and laugh and dance around your kitchen and like make it, make it a, like something that you really put your love and care into and you'll find that the food tastes pretty damn good. And it's also very satisfying because you made that. Like, I feel like today we're on our phones and on the computer so much and many of us work online and work from home and we don't have any physical, tangible things. Like we do all this work, especially for me, like I've, I've noticed this for me, my work is all intangible. So then when I cook a meal and I do the process, I do the steps and then I have a tangible result at the end. I'm like, damn, I made this. I made this with my hands and it feels really good. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been talking for so long. Um, yes. Yeah, sending you lots of love. I'm happy to, you know, do another episode on this cause I definitely can talk forever and ever and ever. So uh, there's a bunch of really good questions, but I just don't want this episode to be too long. So I'm just going to answer one more quick question and I'm happy to do a part two if you guys want me to. Um, so someone said, hi, hope you're doing well. I kind of hate eating vegetables. Like there will be days where I don't eat anything green, which is really bad, especially since I'm vegan laughing face. Do you have any tips for this? Um, also any tips for enhancing one's libido? Thanks. Lots of love. Um, libido, I think maca powder, actually, if you put maca in your smoothies, I'm pretty sure that's a natural libido enhancer. Also exercising, hate to say it, but that really does do it. Um, yeah, those are two quick things I can think off the top of my head. But for the veggies thing, I really do feel you, girl, because believe it or not, I actually used to hate vegetables and I was such a picky eater in high school. When Sage and I first met, I did not like vegetables. I loved mac and cheese. I loved paninis. I loved cereal with milk. And I've completely grown into how I eat now. Like I always had, you know, like I said, home cooked meals, but my snacks and the things I craved were like totally different than what I do now. And I didn't really like veggies. So... Um, the way that I got into vegetables is with sauces. There are so many good sauces, so many good, like little thingies you can put on veggies to make them taste so bomb. And I think a lot of us have just had veggies that aren't cooked that well, to be honest. So if you find really delicious recipes that you can't really taste that they're vegetables afterwards, but they're just really good and delicious. Like this, Moroccan carrot recipe from Minimalist Baker is literally my favorite recipe. I make it all the time. It has so many spices on it. And then I make a lemon dill yogurt sauce with um, Kite Hill vegan yogurt. And it's bomb. It's bomb. And it doesn't even taste like carrots, but it's so good. And Swiss chard, like if you cook it in, you know, a bunch of garlic and onions and like butter, it tastes bomb. Like you just gotta, you gotta, oops, you gotta really get into the seasoning and you really gotta get into the sauces. So my recommendation was, would be to 
explore some sauces. <laughs> I really like this one, chipotle mayo. It's bomb. It's so good on everything. Um, salsa, pico de gallo, fresh pico is so good on so many things. Just experiment. Get into it. Hot sauce is great. Like all these things that just make it taste a little bit, a little bit better. Um, also, if you haven't tried the kale salad recipe, shredded kale salad, I have that linked on my Instagram, pretty sure. And it's bomb. It's literally the best kale salad you will ever have. And I've, I've made it for so many people and everyone adores it. So just get, you just got to find what works for you and what flavor profiles you like. And I'm like, I like a lot of seasoning. I like a lot of sauces. I like a lot of flavor in my food. Um, and that works for me and that's what gets me to eat a ton of vegetables. Um, so hummus dipped in carrots is, oh wait, <laughs> carrots dipped in hummus, bomb, celery with peanut butter, bomb, like all these little, little things. So yeah, wishing you lots of luck. And I think I need to do a second part of this episode. So I need to stop talking. It's been a long time and I really have to pee. Um, and it's about time to start having dinner. So, ah, I really hope I didn't overwhelm you guys. This was a lot. I hope I didn't rant too much or lecture too much or make anyone feel bad. Again, we're all on our own journeys and wherever you are right now is totally fine. There should be no guilt, no shame. I'm not judging you. I'm not yelling at you. I just want to empower you again, empower you to live your absolute best life in every aspect. And our health is extremely, it's, it's, it's everything. It's extremely important. So yeah, love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to me rant. And again, I am no expert. So if I mess up, if I said th- some things that weren't completely correct or I misquoted things or you just think I'm full of shit, like that's totally fine. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just out here doing my best, learning and experimenting and all that good stuff. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Love you.